Good morning, everybody. Welcome to International Family Church. We'd like to welcome you joining us online today. My name's Tom Keesley, and I'm one of the staff pastors. We welcome all of you here today. So good to have you in God's house today. Are you ready to receive God's word today? Pastor Josh and Stephanie are down in uh, Florida at uh, East Coast Believers Church. Pastor Josh is preaching down there, and there, uh, that's uh, Pastor Norm Dubois' church. He's on the board with us here at IFC, and uh, he has uh, marrying off one of his daughters today. So Pastor Josh is in the pulpit covering for him, and I'm in the pulpit covering for Pastor Josh, okay? And I believe I'm on assignment today to breathe oxygen into your soul. I'm here to download, impart something to you that will help you do uh, through the holidays into the new year, 2023. It's going to be here. It's knocking on the door right now, 2023. And God wants us to hit the ground running in 2023. Amen. The psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I'm going to be sharing with you some exhortations that's going to require you to participate. You're going to have to participate with me. That means you're going to have to open up your mouth. Amen. You're going to have to say amen. You're going to have to practice making some declarations over your own life today. But we're going to discover from the scriptures that the Lord is good. The psalmist declared, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. He wants to give you an experience. You know, when we sit down for a nice meal and make all the preparations, the cooking, the oils, the spices, the preparations, you sit down to have that meal, and you taste that meal, it should be a good experience. And that's what the psalmist is talking about here when he's talking about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. God wants you and I to have a real-life experience, a tangible experience, that He's good, and He wants to do good in our life. Amen. So I want to encourage you to open up your heart and receive encouragement. I'm just going to give you a simple message of exhortation that's going to buoy you up for the new year. It'll carry you through the holiday season. You know, the holiday season can be a tough season for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be for you here today. If you allow the word of the Lord to come into your heart and bring strength to you and encouragement to you and life to you, you can go through this holiday season. It'll be your best one yet. Father, we thank you today for the privilege we have to open up your word. We thank you, Father, for the word of God is God-breathed. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It has the ability to bring life, healing, and wholeness into our souls. So, Lord, we open our lives up to you. We open our ears, our mind, our heart. Holy Spirit, we say, drop down in us what we need today. Bring strength and encouragement to our souls so that when 2023 comes, we can hit the ground running. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. amen. I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures from, the, from Psalms. You know, Psalms is Israel's worship book. It's their song book. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things, don't you appreciate the worship here? Isn't it wonderful? We have such an awesome team. Yeah, you can do better than that. And you know what makes the worship so inviting, what makes the worship, you know, uh, open up the heavens above us, it's not 
you know, necessarily the sounds or the beat. It's the words that are declared in those songs. And when we're declaring the goodness and the faithfulness of God, something happens to us. Our heart opens up. We begin to trust God as a loving Heavenly Father, one who's kind and benevolent, who wants to work in our life and wants to bring us into a better place, a higher place, a more secure place. Well, the Psalms declare the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And so we're going to look at a number of Psalms. And here in Psalm 34, the psalmist says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. How many take refuge in the Lord here today? Fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him will have all they need. You need to make that declaration before 2023 gets here. You will have all you need if you fear the Lord, if you trust Him, if you take refuge in Him. Verse 10, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord. How many are trusting in the Lord today? They will lack no good thing. This year, 2023 is coming. I'm declaring over my household, we're not going to lack any good thing. Because our eyes are on Jesus. We put our trust in our Heavenly Father. And He's good. And He's got our back. And He's got our future taken care of. Can you say amen? amen? One of the first direct revelations from God to man was way back in time when Moses was up on the mount with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And God's given him the commands. And you know, somewhat familiar with the story. And right there in the cleft of the rock, God chooses to reveal himself to man. His name was Moses. The second book of the Bible, Exodus. The, then the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed by before Moses and proclaimed. So listen to this. This is God making a declaration about himself about his character, about the essence of who he is. And he makes this declaration before Moses, the Lord, the Lord God, listen, merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in goodness and truth. This was a direct revelation from God to man. Listen, Job had it all wrong. Job's counselors had it all wrong. You know, I, I've been in enough funerals to get tired of hearing people saying, well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's an inaccurate statement Job made about God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Human wisdom cannot reveal the character of God. Human experience can't unveil the character of God. Nothing on this planet can reveal who God really is except God himself by the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit lives in you. And when you hear the scriptures speaking of the character of God, something's going to leap on the inside of you and say, yeah, that's right. And that's for me in 2023. Amen. This revelation, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in goodness. That word goodness in the Hebrew is the word chesed. 
And it's defined in the Old Testament in a variety of words. And one of the words, you know, the translators couldn't really uh, accurately depict that word chesed. They had to use two words and compound them together to accurately describe it the best they could in the English language. And that word is loving hyphen kindness. Loving kindness. Everybody go just like that. Loving. Come on, you got to get your hand involved. Loving kindness together describes God's disposition towards you and I. This is his bent towards you. He's not angry at you. No, he is drawn towards you with his loving kindness. Come on, somebody. Who is a God like unto you that pardons iniquity, that passes by the transgression of the remnant? He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. That's what the prophet Micah said. God delights in mercy. In fact, mercy triumphs over judgment. God is a God of grace and mercy. How many know, I don't know about you, but I know about me. And early on in my life, I needed mercy. And thank God this guy here found the mercy of God, found the grace of God. This is shouting ground right here. You were at a place in your life at one time, you needed mercy from God. And he didn't withhold it to you. He poured it upon you. He lavished upon you his love, his grace, and his mercy. Israel. You can read the story of Israel throughout the Old Testament. And Israel wasn't faithful to God. They had a poor track record. But God was faithful to Israel. And there was a season in Israel's life where they followed after God, they submitted to God, they, they trusted God, they feared the Lord, they, they followed His instructions. And, you know, when you think about the children of Israel, when they came into the promised land, there were, there were two mounts as they went through the valley into the promised land, and, and they had on one mount the pronouncement of the cursings, and on the other mount they had the pronouncement of the blessings. And they were admonished to choose life and blessing as they walked through the valley into the promised promised land. Well, there were times where they chose the curse, but there were times where they chose the blessing. And under David's rule and Solomon's rule, God brought them into the fulfillment of his promise. They experienced unity as a nation. They experienced healing as a nation. They experienced prosperity as a nation. Hallelujah. And so we pick up here Solomon's prayer here at the temple. The temple's being dedicated, and he's praying, and he's rehearsing about the goodness of God over the years as to how God dealt with the nation of Israel. 1 Kings chapter 8, it reads this way. Solomon's praying, and he says, Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Say that. Just as he promised. Solomon's looking over his lifetime, and he's recounting the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And then he says this, Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. What promise? 
Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and do his commandments, then all these blessings shall come upon you. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. He'll make you the head and not the tail. He'll cause your enemies that come against you seven ways to flee before you seven ways. That's the blessing of God that they experienced as a nation. And Solomon's rehearsing and recounting the blessings of God. Show enough. He fulfilled his word. Sure enough, he fulfilled his promise. God's faithful. If he promised, he'll make it good. He's not a man that should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he makes a promise, he is faithful to bring it to pass in your life. And you got to believe that. That was Solomon's testimony. Wow. All through the Psalms, we can look at declarations of the goodness of God. Listen to Psalm 145. It says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. All means all. That includes you and me, despite our shortcomings. Despite our faults, despite the problems we create, we create. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just looking at me. We all create some problems in our household, but the Lord is good to all. And listen, his compassion is over all his works. Do you know you are his workmanship in Christ Jesus? Do you know that you're a good work? Do you know that he's doing something good in your life? Do you know he's not done with you yet? His compassion is over you. Hallelujah. The Lord is good to all. Amen. Psalm 103. Pastor Mo talked about this in the offering. I'm reading it from a different translation. But again, the, psalm, the psalmist here is making declarations. And really, these are prophetic declarations. You can put this in your mouth and declare this over your life. Because this is what God did in the past for others, and this is what God will do in the present for you. Amen. The psalmist declared, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Somebody shout benefits. I'm telling you, God's got better benefits than your employer does. He's got better benefits than your 401K. He's got better benefits than any of your best friends can give you. Come on. God's got benefits. Somebody shout benefits. benefits. Amen. Benefits speak of good things, gifts, blessings. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Benefit number one, he forgives you of all your sins. Blessing number two, he heals you of all your disease. Blessing number three, he delivers you from the pit of hell. Aren't you glad that God placed his hand on your life, took over the management and affairs of your life, and secured your future from now into eternity? At the end of your race, you get to stand before your Savior and see him face to face. Oh, he secured your future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. He crowns you with his loving kindness. There's that word chesed again. Loving kindness and tender mercies. 
This word crown means to surround, to encircle. God encircles us so as to protect us. In the Hebrew, it also speaks of a newborn being coddled by its mother. You know, God, he coddles your life. He looks down at you and bonds with you just like a mother does its newborn. He coddles you with his love, with his grace, his mercy. He protects you. He encircles you. That's the God who is in love with you. That's the God that you opened your heart to. That's Jesus. Amen. And verse 5 says, he satisfies your mouth with good things. Now, that's an interesting way to put it. It's the King James. What does that mean? He, he satisfies your mouth. Well, the translation actually means something a little different. That word mouth means ornament. And it's speaking of God putting fine things upon your life. It's the beginning of December. How many put your trees up, right? And what do you do with that tree? I hope you don't have a Charlie Brown tree. I hope you have a nice tree with lots of finery and decor and ornaments. And that's what it's talking about here who satisfies your mouth. It's talking about satisfying your life with good, nice, expensive things. He wants to ornament your life. That's the heart of God. He wants to bless you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You ever get a real nice gift? It makes you feel young again. You ever get a, you know where I'm going with this, a nice new car. You get into that car and you feel young again. Why are you looking at me that way? You know that's true. You get anything, a nice new wardrobe. What does that do? Man, it makes you feel good. You feel blessed. You feel honored. Amen. He satisfies your life with good so that your youth is renewed like these eagles. These benefits, don't forget your benefits. Benefits of healing and forgiveness, of divine favor, of God's provision and protection for your life, of eternal security for your life. Hallelujah. Those are benefits that we are all entitled to. The important thing for you and I today is we need to declare these things over our lives. The problem that we have and we're encountering every day is we get on the TV, we get on social media, we see what's being said, we see what's being declared, all the negativity, all the problems, all the bleak outlook, all the insurmountable problems that are we are dealing with in our culture and in our society. We need to get our eyes off that and we need to start making declarations of the goodness of God. Can God fulfill His promises in a culture like ours? Yes. Can God fulfill a promise when everything's going haywire around us? Yes. But the key is we have to position ourselves and declare the goodness of God. Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord speak out. Speak it. Declare it out loud. Well, do I have to say it out loud? Yeah, you have to say it out loud. There's something about when you hear yourself declaring the promises of God over your life. You can't be silent. You have to open your mouth. Now, 
it's easy for us to, to, you know, to complain and murmur and say how hard things are and this problem and that problem and I hurt here and I hurt there and this person's a problem to me and that person's a problem to me and problem, 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 problem. Monday's a problem, Tuesday's a problem, Wednesday's a problem, Thursday's a problem. After a while, don't you get tired of doing that? At some point in time, you got to get your eyes off the problem and back on the solution, who is your God, Jesus, and focus on the goodness of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? He's good. What are we to say? He's good. Some of you are catching on. He's good. Come on, let me hear you give a shout of praise. Let me hear you shout that the Lord is good. Let me hear you shout that he's merciful, he's kind, he's benevolent. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So in every situation, I'm saying so. I'm saying on Monday, I'm saying on Tuesday, I'm saying on Wednesday, I'm saying in the thick of trial, I'm saying when I don't know where the money's coming from, I'm saying when my body feels like it's sick and diseased, I'm saying that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That's a step of faith. You want to take a side journey on this? Psalm 107, look at what God specializes in. In verse 3 it says, uh, verse, second half, verse 2, it says, Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 3, And gathered them from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and the, from the south. He's talking about Israel here. They wandered in the wilderness in a deserted path. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And guess what? He delivered them out of their distresses. And listen this is what God specializes in, verse 7. He led them on a level road that they might go to a city to live in. God brought the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, paid their back wages, brought them into a promised land of milk and honey, and brought them into homes and places that they did not build, but they inhabited. Do you know God can bring you to a home that will bless you? He can bring you to an apartment or a rental situation or a new home ownership situation. He specializes in that. I said he specializes in that. Amen. Put your faith out there. You're believing for a new home. You're believing for a new place. You need a place that's safe, that's secure, that ministers to you, that brings peace to your life. He'll do that for you. If he did it for Israel, he'll do it for you. Well, there's no charge for that, by the way. Amen. Verse 8 goes on to say, Let them praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the people. For He satisfies the longing soul and He fills the hungry soul with goodness. What is your part? What is my part for us to see and experience the goodness of God? Well, the Bible here says that he, can only, he only satisfies the longing soul. He only fills the hungry soul. So there's something on our part we got to do. We need to taste. We need to acquire a taste. Now, a few years ago, 
I started doing a keto diet, and I had to make some, you know, some lifestyle changes for myself. And one of the things that, you know, I wasn't good at was eating all those lovely green vegetables that we all love to eat, like kale and broccoli and, 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 and cabbage and cauliflower and all those, you know what I'm talking about, those wonderful, tasty vegetables. Come on. Beans, green beans, yeah, right? And I had to learn to acquire new taste by the way I cooked them and prepared them, by the way I spiced them and the proper oils. And guess what? After just a few weeks of proper preparation, I acquired a taste for broccoli, kale, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, oh, come on. And not only that, I started feeling better. Listen, you need to acquire a taste for the Word. Instead of feeding on all the junk that's all out there, you ever get on Facebook and, you know, they got that watch link on there, and you click the watch link and you find yourself zooming and scrolling and watching people doing all kinds of crazy things and saying all kinds of crazy things. And after a half an hour, you realize, oh, my gosh, it's been a half an hour. What am I doing here? We do that with all kinds of things. We get on the TV, we get off for work, and we're just... 30 minutes, an hour goes by, just mindless amusement. What are you doing? You're feeding something into your soul. Why not put that aside and get the Word of God and acquire a taste for the Word of God and feed on the goodness of God, feed on the faithfulness of God, feed on the possibilities of what God can do in your life instead of what's going on and around you? Oh, my goodness. He'll satisfy those who are hungry for God. Think of the invitation Isaiah gives to God's people in Isaiah chapter 55. Read the whole chapter when you go home today, but it's an invitation of what God wants to do in your life and my life. Beginning at the very first verse, it says, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. And eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. This clearly tells us we can feed on natural things or we can feed on spiritual things. We can become more like Jesus because of what we hear and feed on, or we can become more like the world because of what we feed on. God invites us to feast on the milk of God's Word. Think about a newborn uh, receiving its milk from its mother. That milk has the ability to impart all kinds of nourishment and build up the immune system. When we feed on the Word of God, it, the Bible says, desire the milk of God's Word as newborn babes that you may grow thereby. It imparts to us strength. It imparts to us a strong immune system against sin. And temptation, it gives us the ability to walk in freedom. Come on, somebody. And he's also given us the wine of his spirit. You know, when you sip some wine, don't drink, don't drink too much wine. You sip some wine, you know the effect of a wine, a glass of wine. It gives you an inebriating effect. 
Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. When we begin to sip and drink of the Holy Spirit, when we invite ourselves into the presence of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come speak to my heart. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to the Word of God. When we do that, His peace comes in. His joy comes in. It has an inebriating effect. And all of a sudden, you find that your cares, your depression, your woes are pushed aside. And there's peace. And there's joy. God invites you to come each and every day. We can come. And we can buy milk and wine without price. We can drink up the Word and drink up the Spirit without price. Hallelujah. What a wonderful invitation. That invitation should be the hallmark of your day. It should be the best moment of your day. Your time alone with Jesus and His Word and the Holy Spirit. Because that's the time God is going to open up the eyes of your understanding so that you can see and know and be convinced beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is good and He's going to be good to me. Come on, say amen, somebody. Again, Isaiah, go on. He's going on here about he's inviting people into the presence of God. He says in verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Now, do you know we're in a season? It's called the church age, an age of grace. Do you know that he is able to be found? Do you know that he is near to anyone that calls? Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord, he'll show up. That's the season that we're in. And it's true with your life. You can call on the name of the Lord at any time. You can whisper, Jesus, and he will show up and reveal himself to you. Verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let them return to the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Listen to what God says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. For my thoughts are higher than yours. My ways are higher than yours. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return but waters the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. So shall my word be. Just like the rain, just like the snow, brings forth and bud, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And listen, it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It will work in your soul. The promises, they'll work in your soul. The promises, they'll work in your physical body. The promises of God, they'll work in your finances. The promises of God, they'll work in your relationships, in your home, your marriage, your family. It will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Hallelujah. We have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 1 verse 4 from the Passion Translation says that God has given you magnificent promises that are beyond price. I remember many years ago as a young adult, one of the best things that I did was pick up 
these little booklets. And this one booklet said, God's promises for you. I remember booklets like Prayers That Avail Much. Remember those little booklets on Nuggets for Wisdom. And these little booklets, they had a table of contents at the front of the book. What do you do when you're in need? What do you do when you're dealing with fear? What do you do when you have a financial problem? What do you do when you are faced with disease or sickness? Come on, somebody. And I would go to that page, and I would see scriptures. And I would read through those scriptures, and one or two of those scriptures would jump off the page and start ministering to my heart. And I would capture those scriptures, and I would write them down. And I would keep those scriptures on these little Rolodex cards, put them in my top pocket. And at work, during lunchtime, I'd pull those cards out, and I would read it, and I would whisper those scriptures out to myself. That's how I discovered that God wants to perform his word in my life. You got to find the scriptures that cover your point of need. You got to read it, write it, rehearse it, speak it to yourself. And as you do, the spirit of God will open your eyes to the goodness and faithfulness of God. He will open your eyes to the fact that's for you, son. That's for you, daughter. That's for right now. That's for this situation that you're in. Spirit of God will make that real to you. Oh, thank God for his promises. They're beyond all price. Hallelujah. Now, the thing we've got, what's our part? The, the part we have to do is very simple. We just got to get hungry. You have to get thirsty. For what? For God's word, for time with him, spending time with the word and spending time with the Holy Spirit and let him reveal the goodness of God and the character of God to you. But what do you do once you get the word of God into your heart and you know you've got a promise that covers your point of need? Well, you know, there's one thing we all deal with, and it can be quite the challenge. It's called T-I-M-E, time. You know, some of us have, you know, lots of time. Some of us have little amount of time. Depends on what season in life you're at. I have less time than some of you because I'm kind of down the road a few. Don't remind me. Right? But we all deal with time. And we all deal with time when it comes to believing God for a promise because there's an element of time that you have to wait for God to work and bring that promise to pass. It just doesn't happen like, you know, Chick-fil-A, right? You go up and you make your order and they're fast and bam, it's there before you know it in record time. God's promises don't work that way. They take time to come to pass. And that's where we kind of lose sight of things. The Bible says, he gives us instruction that we are to wait upon the Lord. Everybody say that. Wait upon the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Is that, you know, I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting in the dentist chair, you know, looking up at the ceiling. I don't like waiting in a doctor's office in the waiting room with those silly pictures on the wall. You're waiting. That's not the kind of waiting the Bible's talking about here. The waiting is not passive, but it's active. 
Waiting is pursuing after God. Waiting is hungering after God. Waiting is getting thirsty for the things of God. Psalm 27 puts it this way. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have lost heart unless I believed, unless I kept believing. Yes, you have to believe, but then you got to keep on believing. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Again, waiting is not passive. It's active. It involves your attention. It involves your passion. It involves your energy. The Passion Translation puts it this way. It says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be entwined. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. It means mingle your life with His life. How do I do that? How do I mingle my life with his life? Well, we have a daily life. We have a daily life. We need to give him time every day. Sitting down in a place in your, in your house that you can go to every day, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. Do something that you can get alone with the Spirit of God and open that book and let the Spirit of God speak to you. Wait on the Lord. Let your life be entwined with his. Amen. And as you do... You will be brave, courageous, and you will never lose hope. When you're entwined with the Lord, you're waiting on Him, you're getting quiet before the Lord, you're reading Scripture, and then all of a sudden, something rises up in your heart, something you read in the, in the book, some promise you read. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God is encouraging you. He's strengthening you. And then you join in the fight, and you start opening your, your mouth, and you start declaring the word over yourself, and you start declaring the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and I'm saying so. I'm saying I'm healed. I'm saying I'm blessed. I'm saying I'm free. I'm saying the Lord is good to me. Come on, somebody. Right? While you're waiting for Him to perform His word in your life, you continue to minister to Him. You continue to make your declarations. Listen, through this holiday season, don't get depressed. You have a decision. You can get depressed if you look on what's going on around you, what you don't have, what's happened in your life, if you're reminded of your past. Yeah, that can make us all depressed. But what you need to do is wait on the Lord. You need to declare that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. You need to declare that God's good promises are at work in your life. You need to declare that with your own mouth. You need your, yourself to hear it. Your brain needs to register with your voice so it affects your body that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That's something you have to do. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged, he got a word from the prophet, and he spoke it, he declared it, and it gave him strength to pursue and recover all the devil robbed from his life. Amen. I'm closing. I get three closings. Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. And listen, practice faithfulness. What do you do in that time, Ellen? Practice faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. 
Trust also in him and listen, he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. Come on, you guys over here, you need to say that. He will bring it to pass. Doesn't matter how difficult it looks, you don't have to figure out how. You just need to trust and declare he will bring it to pass in your life. Why? Because he's good. He's good. I conclude with this scripture in Psalm 31. Lord, how wonderful you are. You have stored up so many good things for us. Like a treasure chest, heaped up and spilling over with blessings. Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's God's salutation to you today. He's given you a wonderful gift. It's all wrapped up in our Lord and Savior Jesus, the greatest Christmas gift of all. If you've got Jesus, you've got everything that you need and more. He will not withhold anything from you. If, you get, if God gave you his son, how much more will he freely give you all things pertaining to this life? Oh, you can trust him today. You can trust in the goodness of God today. Stand to your feet with me. You can trust in the goodness of God today. I want you to open your, up your heart, and I want you to begin to make declarations as the Holy Spirit gives you. Go ahead right now. Just begin to open your mouth and, and tell the Lord that He is good to you. Declare it so in your life. Even if you don't feel like it, even if you feel that you're in a very dark place, even if you feel like you're overwhelmed with fear and depression, even if you don't have answers for the current situation that you're in, Begin to declare with your own mouth, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say that after me. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. One more time. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Now give God a shout of praise. Worship God. Sing that song. Sing that song. Come on, let's sing this out all my life. Oh my life you have been signify surrender to him 
Lord perfects that which concerns you. He knows all your comings and goings. He sees you when you rise up. He sees you when you lay down. The details in your life are the center of his attention. If you could number the thoughts God has for you, it simply would be overwhelming. He's better than a Hallmark card. His love for you can't be fully described. Paul prayed the prayer, Lord, fill us with the length, breadth, height, depth of the love of God. There's some here you need to make a quality decision to forgive someone in your life because it's preventing you from experiencing the goodness of God for yourself. It may be even a problem for you in regards to the healing of your body. It's time that you let go the offense. Say, God, I choose to forgive. It's not an issue of who's right and who's wrong. The issue is that your heart has, be, has to become an open receptacle to the Spirit of God. And when there's an offense there, it's a blockage. You can't see, you can't hear correctly. And God is endeavoring to, to get things into your life. He's endeavoring, endeavoring to move into your life, but you're allowing that offense to stop Him from blessing you. So I encourage you today, by the Spirit of God, release that offense to the Lord right now. Lord, I choose to forgive. Just tell the Lord, I choose to forgive. If you're dealing with pain in your body, put your hand on yourself right now and declare God's healing power over your life. Jesus himself took away your pains, your griefs, your sorrows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he was nailed to the cross, he was nailed to the cross not just for sin, but also for the healing of your body. Stop listening to what the doctor reports say and start listening to what your heavenly father says. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, he's your physician. He's your physician. Let him do the work in your physical body. Declare that over yourself. Say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your hearing, your hearing is healed in the name of Jesus. Your back is healed in the name of Jesus. Respiratory issues, you're, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Chronic fatigue, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Your, your life springs forth with vitality in the name of Jesus. This is because you forgive, too. When you forgive, your life will spring forth speedily. Your health will spring forth speedily in the name of Jesus. Father, I just declare right now in the name of Jesus over each one here today, those watching online, thank you, Father, for health, healing, and wholeness in our bodies in the name of Jesus. Thank you. We're free from disease, free from cancer, free from tumors, free from growths in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, you are in the midst of us. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the great healer. You demonstrated healing throughout the Gospels. You healed the oppressed, and you set the captive free. So, Lord, we declare our freedom today. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. I'm declaring it over my life. How about you? Hallelujah. I want to extend an invitation today. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to invite him in today. Jesus, Proverbs says, it makes, speaks of a brother, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is that friend. He'll walk through life with you and offer you a peace that you just can't understand, a joy that cannot be described. You have to experience it. I want to encourage you here today to taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He was publicly humiliated for you. He did it because he loves you. And you and I, we have a sin problem. The Bible says if we will acknowledge our sin and confess him as Lord, that he will save us, he will heal us, he will bless us. If you've never prayed to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. We're all going to pray it together. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer right from the comfort of your home. But if that's you today, every eye closed, head bowed, please. If, if I'm speaking to you, I'd like to know who you are. I'm not going to call you up, but just by a show of hands, if you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to pray that prayer with me, would you raise your hand so I can see who you are here today? God bless you, I see that hand. God bless you, I see that hand. Anyone else, just raise your hand so I can see who you are. God knows who you are. Anyone else at all will pray with these two hands that were raised this morning. Perhaps others on, online that are watching. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else, just raise your hand. Acknowledge before God, I need Jesus in my life. I want to follow him for the rest of my life. All right, let's all pray this prayer together. God in heaven. Just mean it from the bottom of your heart. God in heaven, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come live in me. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to call you my Lord and my Savior. Amen. And amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, a miracle just took place in your hot life. The Bible says you've been born of an incorruptible seed, the Word of God. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Your life will never be the same because of Jesus. Can I get one more shout? Come on.